Amen. 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 How's everybody doing? I got a good. There's one good. One person doing good. Everybody else? I got a thumbs up. I got a, I got a wave. Those visiting are going, why is he talking to us? This is strange. Um, yeah. We are in the middle of a series called Lace Up. And it's all linked to our verse for the year. Running the race with perseverance. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. And, and I think today may be the last day of the series. But I say I think because God has often surprised me. <laughs> I've often been like, right, that's it, we've wrapped up. And then God's like, no, no, you're not done yet. There's a bit more. But for now, I believe that he, he has given us, given me what I feel is for us through this series at the moment. And, and therefore, you might, if you haven't yet, you know, kind of going, well, hold on, am I picking up at the end? You can catch up online. Everything's on. We've got a podcast. We've got YouTube, Facebook. So you can watch, you can listen, so you can journey with us. And, and I really want to encourage you to, because whether you're here for the first time or you've been here for a long time, I genuinely believe that God is, is speaking to us and encouraging us in this season. But today we're focusing specifically on perseverance in prayer. Now, who here likes to pray? See, the, the reality is that all our hands should go up. And there's probably a desire inside of us to say, yes, I like to pray. I, I want to like to pray. Maybe if I ask that question, who here wants to like to pray? All of our hands suddenly go up. And I, I can probably say that one of the reasons we don't like to pray, if we're in that camp, isn't because we don't like prayer, but because it's flipping hard. Amen? Because actually, it's exhausting. Because actually, you keep on praying over and over, and sometimes there's no response. Or a slow response. Or the response isn't what I want to hear, so therefore, God must be wrong. <laughs> but actually, as, as Christians, as, as followers of Jesus, as believers, prayer should be like our most desired aspect of our relationship. You know why? Because prayer is a conversation with God. If I said here, who wants to hang out with their best friend every day? Hands up if you want to hang out with your best friend every day. Some people are like, no, my best friend is good, but there's limits. There's limits. Okay. Hands up if you want to hang out with your best friend on a regular basis. There you go. But to hang out with your best friend on a regular basis, you have to talk to him. You have to invest in them. You have to make, you have to put in the effort. And to be fair, so do they. Worldly relationships are full on two way in the fact that you can try all you want. If your friend doesn't want to give, doesn't want to receive, that friendship may not be that strong anymore. But it's the same thing with God. God, amazingly, doesn't have that, oh, I don't know if I can be bothered with Adrian today. He's always there, always willing, always running after me and you to have that conversation, to be with, to spend time with. It's you and me who decide whether or not we're going to full-on invest in that relationship and that friendship. And the best way we do it is in prayer. The best way you get to know someone is in conversation. I mean, you, you can all say you know me, perhaps, because I'm stood at the front and I've said my name is Adrian. So I know Adrian. 
but not all of you can say that you actually deeply know me. Some of you know my name is Adrian. That is about it. No, you know that I'm the pastor here. Two things. There you go. But you don't actually know me. How do you get to know me? Spend time with me. You chat with me. It's nothing new that it hasn't been said. It's nothing new that I haven't said. To get to know God, to spend time with God, we need to chat with him. But if we don't actually spend time in prayer, if it's not the most passionate thing that we want to do with God, then we're just not going to get to know him. We're just not going to hear from him. And so this morning we're talking about perseverance in prayer. And it might be a bit heavy. I, I, I hastened that. I don't think it'll be as heavy as last week. So if you're here and you were here last week, you're like, oh my gosh, last week was heavy. Oh, I don't know that I can do another one, Adrian. I don't think it's that heavy. But God might have other ideas. He might lay it on heavy to you. I don't know. So let God do God with you. But I don't think it's quite as heavy as last week. But I do think there's some heaviness in it because actually we need to persevere in prayer. Oftentimes, I've heard, I've heard this people say, especially in, in the times of illness and pandemic, is I've got a nonstop cough. I can't stop coughing. I can't stop coughing. Let me ask you this. Can that person actually stop coughing at some point in the day? Yeah. Because if they couldn't stop coughing, if it was nonstop coughing, it would be... <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not ill. It's fine. <laughs> There would be no speaking. There would be no anything else. We use that word nonstop probably wrongly. And we read it wrongly as well. You know, scripture actually teaches that we should pray without ceasing, pray without stopping. And we go, well, it's impossible. I can't do it. Yet we say that it's possible to live life nonstop coughing. Well, I've not stopped coughing. Actually, you have. What you, what you mean when you say you've not stopped coughing is that throughout the day, you've been coughing non-stop, quote-unquote. You've been coughing all the time. There have been several points throughout the day that you've been coughing. Suddenly, in the middle of service, <coughs> I'm coughing. But not just once, but several times. Actually, before breakfast, I coughed. After breakfast, I coughed. I was brushing my teeth, and I had to cough. I tried to have a Zoom meeting with somebody, and I was coughing. I went for a walk, and I was coughing. And so actually, if we apply that logic of what we, res- what we interpret to be non-stop out of praying... Pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. Doesn't mean that all day I'm just going to sit in my room by myself. I mean, if God asks you to, there's merit in that. But let's be honest, most of us have jobs, responsibilities, have to eat, have to do something other than just sit in a room quietly forever. (laughs) So pray without ceasing is actually referring to simply pray a lot throughout the day. We've built prayer up to this crazy, almost unattainable thing. We compare each other to other people. Oh, if only I prayed like him. Oh, she's an amazing prayer warrior. I need to pray like that person. Through the history of the church, we've we've built up prayer to the point where in some denominations, you cannot pray. You have to come to the minister, to the pastor, the priest, and they will pray for you. What? God poured out his Holy Spirit that every single one of us in Christ would know him and would be able to dwell with him and therefore be able to chat to him. So I'm going to talk about nonstop prayer and I'm going to talk about and, 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 and get rid of the idea of, oh, you can't do it. I can't sit in a room. No, you may not be able to sit in a room, but you can go every day praying nonstop. The same way you've nonstop coughed. 
or whatever else. Nonstop, check your phone. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the one addicted to the phone. Nonstop, nonstop. I still exist the rest of my days, but I'm there. It's a constant. It's a constant. But again, like I said, when I'm tired, when I'm fed up, when I'm just pushing, when I'm in the pits like we talked about last week, sometimes prayer is so difficult. Sometimes when I've been praying nonstop, when I've been going for it and I hear nothing else and, and I'm not getting the answer that I want, I then get tired and then I go, you know what? I'm just, I'm done. I just can't do it. Anybody else feel like, well, that sometimes I just, I just can't pray anymore. It's the same thing with the relationship with friends. I, I just can't. I just can't be there for that person. I can't, if I have to one more time make an effort and not hear anything back or get something that I'm not expecting back. Sometimes I'm just lost for words. Sometimes I'm just tired of saying the same thing over and over and over again. And and it's the same thing with prayer. Sometimes I'm just at a loss for words. Sometimes I'm tired of coming to Christ in prayer. I'm tired of pouring out my everything. I'm tired of fully giving, like being so emotionally drained after prayer that like those prayer sessions when you're like, you've cried and there's like snot and it's horrible and you're like, oh, and then you're like, I've still got to do the rest of life and I don't have the energy for it. I'm just done after those. But scripture addresses that attitude of I'm done Scripture addresses that, 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 that mentality of, I just can't go anymore. And so today we're going to read two parables, which are literally back to back. And from what I can see, I think they're the only two parables that actually tell you what they're about before you actually read the parable. So if you're thinking, oh, you're going to be confused by the parables, as sometimes they do, hopefully they're pretty straightforward. But we're going to turn to Luke 18, 1 through 14. So turn on your Bibles, open up your Bibles if you want to read along. And the parables, again, are stories that Jesus told. Jesus was a great storyteller. And in Luke 18, starting with verse 1, it says this. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. (laughs) I mean, I could pretty much stop there. Just You you know what Jesus is going to (laughs) say. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Second parable. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. 
The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He, he would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen. I mean, in one sense, you can just stand with that scripture and just go, okay, you know what? There's some work to do. But I feel there's a bit more I can maybe tease out for us. I feel that God's given some stuff. In one sense, it's pretty straightforward. But before I even start kind of unpacking Jesus' encouragement to pray, to keep on going, we have to recognize that we actually give up on prayer sometimes. I think we acknowledge that even right at the beginning. Who loves to pray? Uh... We've kind of given up on prayer sometimes. Why? Because, because of, I think one of the reasons is because of slow or unanswered prayers. I think if we're real and honest with ourselves, we have prayed and expected instant response. We have prayed for the miracles. We have prayed for the provision. We have prayed for X, Y, Z. And when we don't hear immediately... Or perhaps at all, we didn't give up on prayer. We live in an instant culture. I mean, I joked about the phone earlier. And some of you will say, oh no, it's just a certain generational thing, Adrian. It's your generation and younger. But let's be honest. Email is pretty instant. We all have some form of television at home. We expect to be able to turn it on and watch what we want when we want. You expect to pick up the phone, order a meal, and it be delivered on time? You expect to go out for a meal, and if you have to wait anything longer than what you have in your mind, well, that tip is going down. What kind of service is this? We live in an instant society. And, and what I love about God's word is that like, it's been applicable all through history, but it's probably, in terms of the instantaneous, it's more applicable now because we are so used to Everything being quick. We are in the middle of a village, a village, a countryside. I get that. But our internet, though slower than London or other big cities, is still pretty flipping fast for some of us. I know some of us have other, and I don't want to get into the internet wars. But I, I'm one of those people that have actually had, like, my, I've had to, like, rebuke myself when I've been like, this is ridiculous. I've opened up my, face page, my Facebook page or whatever page, and I'm waiting 30 seconds for it to load. If I was in London, this wouldn't happen. If I had 5G instead of 3G on my phone, if we better masks around the village, I mean, we are instant. And so when we pray, we sometimes expect, expect God to be instant. I mean, he's the almighty, right? If, if some dude can develop a software that's going to be instant on my computer or on my phone, why can God not be instant? He can be, but he isn't always. And so if our perspective is, ah, God, why aren't you instant? As opposed to, 
okay, God, you're not being instant. What is there in that? What do I need to learn? What is the reason? What is the purpose? Because actually not being instant will make me quit on prayer. But if I rejig my perspective and go, hold on a second. Why aren't you instant, Lord? There might be something more from God in that. We often hear the verse quoted, you know, God's timing is better than mine. We're really quick to speak it to others. Really slow to believe it for ourselves. I'm the first one. As a a pastor, as a friend, I've prayed with people. I'm like, it's just, we've got to wait on God's timing. His timing is perfect. It's perfect. Just trust it's perfect. Hey God, what about my stuff? I wanted it yesterday. Our prayers are not Amazon Prime. We can't click today and receive tomorrow. Sometimes we click today and receive now. Same day, same moment. Sometimes it's click today and wait. God isn't Amazon. We can't let our own timing and expectations speak into God. We've got to let God be God. We need to challenge our bad thinking because that's bad thinking. For us to say, it's got to be instant, God, it's bad thinking. And, and how do we challenge that, that thinking? Well, we need to remember what God has already answered. Because the thing is that we, we get into this kind of, oh, dare I say, storm almost. He's silent. He hasn't answered. It's not quick enough. Well, God's given up on me. He won't answer any of my prayers. Well, take a moment. Stop. Take stock. What has God answered in past? Take a moment to think of how he has answered your prayers in past. What prayers has he answered? You know, one of the reasons that the Jews celebrate the Passover wasn't just for a good knees up. It wasn't a good party. The Passover is to remember what God has already done. The Passover was was given to the Jews to say, hey, remember in your Passover celebration what I, God, the Almighty, the creator of everything, above all, in all, through all, the greatest of all, what I've done. And do it on a regular basis because you will forget because you're human. (laughs) Unfortunately, you get lost in your own things. So keep on doing it. But most of us as Christians maybe don't celebrate the Passover. That's a Jewish thing. Some of us do. I came from a church that every year had a Passover meal. I loved it. Loved it. Not just because of the spiritualness of it, not just because of the seeing scriptures being laid out before me, but because it was a moment of going, wow, God, you did it then. You did it way back then. You answered the prayers of your people way back then and in ways that they never even imagined in ways that they couldn't fathom, but you did it back then, you'll do it again. So if as Christians, we're not going to have the Passover, you know what, that's okay. People will say, in Christ, we're set free. There's other things, other, fine, okay. But how are you going to remember what he's done? We do it with communion. Every first Sunday of the month, we as a church come around the table and we remember what God has done through the life and the death of Jesus. We remember him for the big things, but why not remember him for all your prayers? 
My wife, Amanda, heard someone say once, uh, I, think it's, I think the idea came out of a book that she'd read, about um, praying, writing down your prayers, and then putting them in a jar. And then the jar would be full. And when your prayers would be answered, you'd pull it out of the jar. And then little by little, you'd see the jar was empty. And she said, you know what? I love that idea, but I think it should be the other way around. Every time God answers a prayer, put it in the jar. Because that way, when you're praying something nonstop and you're like, God, why aren't you answering my prayers? You can look at this jar and go, actually, you have answered my prayers. And you can go through it and go, man, I remember I prayed this one and I totally didn't think you were going to answer it. You were silent for a long time. Oh, the way you answered that prayer, God, was not at all the way I expected it to be. We need to challenge our thinking that God isn't listening. Challenge our, actually, God is amazing. He is who he says that he is. And so let's change our perspective. And part of that, I think for us practically, is to look back and say, well, God, let me reflect on what you have answered. I said last week that, man, I'm in a bit of a pit. Life is a bit difficult. I'm not the only one that shares that, I'm sure. But in preparation, even for this week, and even in the last day or so, part of it, God speaking to me, going, Adrian, literally reflect. Remember, remember when you cried out for that? Remember when you cried out for that? Everything from like literally physical healing on my right knee through to provision through to, I mean, the amount of things that I've prayed for and some of them that God was silent on for ages. But we kept on praying and he answered. And some of the answers I didn't like. Some of the answers were, hey, Adrian, not now, not that, no, not at all. I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to share this. You can hate me or beat me up later. I've been here just over five years, and, and there, was a, there was a season at the church which was really difficult for me and for my wife and for my family. And there was a season where I was crying out to God, Lord, I'm ready. You can pull me away, take me somewhere else. This is me being real and honest and brutal, so forgive me if it's too much, but there we go. There was a season where I was like, Lord, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. And you know what's funny is that in that season, when I was praying it, I had something about like four or five different offers to join people in ministry. One of them in the U.S. (laughs) It would have been so easy for me to jump on a plane, all expenses paid, visas sorted, to go back to where I came from originally. Well, no, I'm originally from here, but where I came to faith and where I grew up and all that other stuff. It would have been so easy to take any of the other jobs. But when we prayed about it, God was like, no. Actually, his exact words were, to Amanda, at a festival we went to, his exact words to Amanda were, you can go if you want. I'll release you to go. But you're going to look back and you'll go, man, we missed it. And in that moment, I just, my, response, my response was, Lord, I don't want to miss it. 
I don't ever want to miss what you're doing. I don't ever want to miss what you, Lord, it's about you. It's not about me. So you know what? Okay. And I'll be honest, the last five years as a whole have been glorious, difficult. We've had a flipping pandemic, (laughs) y'all. Like that's been hard on all and everybody. Don't get me wrong, but I, I was like, "What the flip are we gonna do? How the heck do you grow with you? What the heck, Lord?" But I'll be honest. Being a part of what God's doing now, like just it's not about numbers, right? And I get that. But just into perspective, we have people that are ill today. We have people that are awake because of half term. We have people that are, and we're still. This is probably as full as the church ever got at one season pre-pandemic with children, right? We, our kids have left, right? Now, now, I share that not to go, oh, but actually because God is doing something where he's drawing us together, where he's bringing us as his people into this place and we're seeing growth. Where more than half of your people aren't here for, again, COVID or other things. And yet still you can go, wow, there's still, I'm not preaching to myself or a camera. And I generally thought, I said even to a man, and this is where even in today, God is speaking to me and reminding me because I said to a man, it's gonna, it's gonna, I said, can you, can you please be sure to be there right on time for worship? Because there's going to be like four of us worshiping this morning. And Adrian's like, Adrian's like, God is like, Adrian, shut up. Look. And I would have missed it. Now, for some of y'all, you're like, oh, it's not that glorious. People come and go in churches. But actually, to be a part, the cafe, the food project, third Sunday, God doing stuff, conversations I'm having with people. Like, they're painful, but God is working in y'all's lives, and y'all need to know that of each other. Like, God is doing stuff in y'all's lives, and it's painful, and it's difficult, but I would not have been able to experience any of that with y'all had I gone, you know what, God, I don't like your answer, so I'm leaving. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I, you know, the offers were of God, I be- or were for God, not necessarily of God. I don't think he necessarily sent the offers. I think he would have blessed whatever I decided to do for him. But his answer to me was, not even to me, to us through my wife. It wasn't even direct. It was, yeah, if you want to go, go. But you'll miss it. Maybe, maybe a bit of an overshare. Apologies if it was. But I think it reflects the fact that we, we need to remember that God has answered prayer. We need to remember that God is sovereign, that he is the one speaking And so we need to remember the greater picture and the perspective. We need to have a proper perspective of God. We need to remember who He is. I've been talking about perspective for the last few weeks. I've been talking about, you know, even Chris, the big picture. As, As Christians, we know how it ends. We know the big picture. Sometimes we get lost in our immediate picture. We get lost in what I see in front of me, but I need to take a step back and go, hold on a second. God is much greater than what is just in front of me. There's something much bigger happening. So what is the big picture? Verse 3 of our reading. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Jesus, his perspective about prayer, his perspective about that situation is keep praying, keep going. The widow could have heard that prayer and been like, well, I didn't get the answer I wanted. 
not prayer, that conversation with the judge, the widow could have been like, nah, he said no. Oh, well, don't like it. I'll give up now. She kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on. Are you keeping on in your prayer? Are you like almost to the point of annoying the judge, right? Like, are you getting to the point like God can't be annoyed by just us praying? He might get annoyed about what we pray. He might be like, hey, I've told you, drop that, right? We've got to pay attention. But are you just going to God in prayer? Or are you like, done. are you praying? Are you just praying? The perspective that Jesus brings is keep going. Jesus' perspective there is is that God, a a, a God of justice, of love, of everything, surely will do right by you. Hear that again. A God of justice, of love, of grace, of mercy, will do right by you. The thing is that what right by you means isn't necessarily what you and I want or think is right. But God will. God is a, why would he not? What evidence do we have that God is a mean, horrible God, a neglectful God, a God who ignores us and hates you? There is none. Now, one of the more difficult verses in scripture, you know, God, pray in my name, Jesus says, and God will give you everything you ever wanted. Now, out of context, you stop there and you go, well, I want a million pounds, God. Come on. But in context, according to his will. (laughs) Changes our prayer, doesn't it? Lord, if it's your will for me to receive that money for some odd reason, because I know it's not for me, but if you want to use that money for your... Okay, cool. I'll take the million pounds because there's plenty. I mean, as a church, we're in deficit there. We got build projects. We got, there's plenty of stuff we can do with this. So Lord, if it's your will, great. Okay. It changes the prayer. It changes my expectation of that prayer. I don't walk up to God and say, give me a million pounds. That's what I want. Actually, why do I want it? Do I, do I want it? For the right reasons? Do I need it? But Lord, you know what? Rather than a million pounds, I just pray that you would provide for today. Let's go day by day. Let's go day by day. Why else do we give up? We give up because sometimes we don't know what to pray. Anybody ever been there? I just, I just don't know what else to say. I don't know what to say to you, God. You know, Scripture says, pray without, pray without ceasing. Thessalonians, he's writing, Paul writes to the church, and pray without ceasing. Again, how do I pray all day, like that incessant cough, if I don't even know what to pray? What do I pray? And again, sometimes I look at others. Hey, you're a great prayer. How do you pray? I'm going to copy your prayer. How do you pray? Okay, he's doing this. I'm, I'm going to do that. Oh, she's a woman of the Lord. I'm going to pray like she's praying. That's, that's not what Scripture says. What happens when we don't know what to pray? Well, when we don't know what to pray, we, we need to remember what Jesus has taught us. We did a series about this uh, at the beginning of lockdown. Jesus himself has taught us how to pray. We pray it every Sunday together. And I know some people go, oh, it's so liturgical. Or, Do we have to pray it again? Yeah. He taught us to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
he taught us to pray. And in that prayer, one of the most challenging prayers I think you'll ever say, Lord, forgive us our sins. Forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sinned against me. Am I forgiving those? Lord, give me my daily bread. How many of us at the start of pandemic stocked up a few shelves? Just me. Okay, just me. The fat kid in the room, that's fine. I'll take it. Sure, that's not true. You did it? I'm well impressed. I'm going to take notes out of theirs. I did. Not intentionally. I didn't hoard it. Don't get me wrong. There was not toilet paper issues in my house, all right? Just in case. So that's where the toilet paper went. None of that. But there was that moment of like, well, you know, what, what if? It wasn't even, but people do. Beyond that, do you have more food in your house than for today? But why are we praying, give us today our daily bread? They would have gave it to us. Are we actually living by that? I mean, let's be honest, it's a challenge. But when you don't know how to pray, if nothing else... Jesus taught us to pray, okay, God, and there's so much in it, and we unpacked it, so if you want to, if you don't know theologically, go in there, there's a whole sermon series about it, but even just you, just study your scripture, go into stuff, because actually that prayer is not just a few words, it is a massively powerful prayer. It covers all bases. Everything you could ever think to pray is in that prayer. But the thing is that sometimes because we grew up doing it in church or Sunday school or at school, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Amen. It's such a powerful prayer. Keep on praying. We need to remember what Jesus has taught us. I've been talking about this for the last few weeks. We need to keep it simple. The kids in our church on one of the Sundays did this little hand prayer and memory verse. And there are some, I think, I've got like two up here. Um, There were some on the pews. They're making more, as you heard me point out this morning. But I want to encourage you, if you want to take a picture of the screen, it's okay. You can pull out your phone. That's okay. That's allowed. Um, And be reminded of it. Keep it simple. It's a real simple way of praying. And I loved it because my kids were like, sometimes I don't know what to pray. Okay, well, five fingers. One, praise God. Two, confess your sins. Three, thank God. Four, pray for others. Five, pray for yourself. Six, close. And again, I said, I said a few weeks ago, I love that the pointer finger is confess your sins. The way the kids remembered it is, that's the finger you use to pick your nose. Confess your sins. I've got to love children. I've got to love them. But it's a simple, I don't know what to pray, Adrian. We'll start there. Start there. Just praise God. Like, have that perspective of God is awesome. Like, if God is who he says that he is, just start lifting up his name. Say, God, you are awesome. Just, I don't even know why. I don't fully understand how awesome you are. I wasn't there at creation, but, but like, you know what? You, you did it. The, the air that I breathe. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I take that for granted. You're awesome that you gave me that. Thank you, Lord. Like, just, just praise him. And the thing is, you're thinking, it's a bit crazy to thank God for the breath in your lungs, Adrian. That's a bit, it's a bit over-Christian. It's a bit creepy. It's a bit weird. Why? Who says that? The world tells you that, 100%. The world tells you that if you thank God for the breath, well, actually, no, the reason you have breath in your lungs is because of science. And so you see the the trees and the oxygen. Okay, fine. But God did that. The stars in the sky. Oh, it's amazing. Science has gotten us to a new planet. We've discovered new things. Oh, wow. You know what? Let me praise God for that. 
There's another planet. There's another constellation that I didn't know about it. Come on, God, you're so flippin' amazing. You've made things beyond my knowledge or imagination. And, and wow, you're revealing some of it to us. Thank you. I just start by praising God. You've done stuff wrong. Confess your sins. We hate that word, sins, but it's true. That, that, that second, that second uh, parable the tax collector, who was seen as a dodgy, dirty, horrible man anyway, he literally says, just, Lord, just have mercy on me, a sinner. He doesn't list it. He just goes, you know what, Lord, you know. You know my brokenness. You know the rubbish. You know it all. So, Lord, I'm just, and I love the scripture says he didn't, he didn't even look up to heaven. He was so, so ashamed of his brokenness, so going, Lord, I need you more than anything else. He didn't even go, Lord. He just went, Lord, please, please. But some of us are afraid to confess. I didn't do anything wrong. If I don't tell anybody, nobody knows. I got away with it. But God, God knows. Another reason to praise him, because he's all-knowing, all-powerful. It's all tied in. And then we thank God. Perhaps he hasn't answered the prayer that, that you want yet, but he has answered prayers. So thank God for those. Thank God for the people he's placed around you. Thank God for... Thank God that he's brought you to church, that he's brought people around you, that you've got brothers and sisters to journey with. And then you can pray for others. And I love that the hand goes pray for others before you pray for yourself. You know what, Lord? I don't even know the situation in everyone's life, but I just pray that they would meet you, that they would know you, that, Lord, if it's healing they need, they would receive healing, that if it's breakthrough they need, they would have breakthrough. Lord, I just pray that you would meet them where they are. Lord, pray for them. Maybe you know specifics, so pray for them. And then you can pray for yourself. And by the time you've gotten there, you're like, Lord, I've recognized all the stuff that I need. And so here's my list. Difficulties is oftentimes we come to God with a shopping list and we leave it at that. It's a shopping list. Here's my shopping list. Five items. Click and collect. Tomorrow, 5 p.m. Thanks, God. But it's not like that. You can bring your items, bring your list. But prayer is not just a shopping. Prayer is all of this. But it's simple. And I, and I say keep it simple because we, Lord Almighty, I need my, um, no. Any of us can pray. One of my biggest hurts when I was on mission in Romania was going into an Orthodox church and seeing a massive line of, I mean, there was maybe 300 people in the service. And so I'd say at least 200 people were in a line to speak to the priest. And I asked the question, why? Why is this, like, what is this about? And they said, because they're asking for prayer. And I went, oh, oh God, you know, that's fine. If people want, y'all want to ask me to pray for you, I will. That's cool. But why is the line so long? Well, they believe that only the priest can pray for them. That God will only hear their prayers if the priest lifts it up. What? You, you at home, you in the pew, can have direct conversation with God. Right now, you can ignore what I'm saying and just pray to him. It doesn't even have to be out loud. You can just be like, right now I'm talking to God. Because he's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-everything. And then at the end, I love it, you just close. In Jesus' name, amen. If children can take this and say, I can pray. I can do this. Come on. It's simple. 
And the thing is, after a couple of days or a couple of weeks of reading this and going back to it, you'll be able to go, I don't need it. <laughs> Praise God. Say sorry for my sins because I'm picking my nose. <laughs> like, there'll be things and you'll just be able to build that routine. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. It's the verse for the year. And the running the race with perseverance can only really happen if you keep your eyes on Jesus. And, and the running the race with perseverance is everything that we've talked about. It's running through the pits. It's going to share the good news. It's continuing to do good. It's everything that we've talked about in the series. And it's also keeping on praying. And the thing is, I can promise you that whatever you're praying, God will answer or has answered. Sometimes when he's already answered, it's not the answer we like. But, but if you tune yourself to him, you'll be like, okay, God, you know what? It's a bit difficult, but your will be done. Your ways are greater than my ways, so come on. And that might feel like a pit, like we talked about last week. Actually, the answer you gave me, God, makes me feel like I'm right in the pit, but I want to walk through it because... When I walk through your rod and your staff that come for me, so come on, I'm going to walk through this pit with you. And as you come out the other side, you will continue to praise him and you will continue to do good and you will continue to share the good news and you will continue to run whatever race you're on, whatever he's called you to do this year. And I keep on pushing this, like this is, this is oh, it's a children's exercise to take it home. No, take it, ride on it, do something with this, pray into it because it's going to get tough. Because life is tough, man. But ultimately, it's about him. So how do you persevere in prayer? You keep your eyes on Jesus. Keeping your eyes on him changes your perspective. Changes what you pray for. Changes what you expect to hear from prayer. Keeping your eyes on Jesus gives you strength to keep on praying. <laughs> Keeping your eyes on Jesus makes you recognize that actually it may not be instant because he's not the internet. He is not Amazon Click and Collect or whatever, Prime. But God will answer your prayer. Mike's going to come up and we're going to spend some time in, in worship and we're going to pray and we're just going to wait for God to do stuff. And I, and, I, and I firmly believe, please hear this, I firmly believe that some of us are coming right now going, Lord, here's my shopping list. And, and perhaps we need to park the shopping list for just a moment and, and praise God and confess our sins and, and thank God. And, but I also firmly believe that actually we've been praying things and, and we're going to hear from God this morning. I believe, and hey, no pressure on y'all, but hey, pressure... I think God's going to give words and pictures that are going to be responses for people's prayers. I'm expectant of that. Not because you're amazing or I'm amazing, but because God is amazing. So we see that we have to keep on going in prayer. As we prepare ourselves to, to receive, to worship, I want to I want to remind us of how good God is. I want to remind you to be like the widow, to keep on going. Come back to him. Keep on praying. Keep on going. Keep on lifting up your voice to him. 
I want you to be open to be reminded of what God has already answered in your life. I want you to be reminded that like the tax collector, you may be absolutely broken. But as you just come before him in your prayers and just say, Lord, I need you. That's the perspective. That is a perspective that is received the best and the most by God. That humility. And so, Heavenly Father, we just pray right now, Lord, that by your Spirit, you would move among us right now. Lord, there are things on our hearts that we've failed to lift up to you for a while now because we've just given up. We are so tired We've not heard your voice. And so, Lord, I pray that as we bring them to you now, Lord, that your voice would be heard. I pray, Lord, that, that, that our perspectives would be changed. Lord, that as you answer, we would receive what you give us. Lord, I pray for the humility to receive your word, even if it is not what we like or what we want. I pray that by your spirit, you would stir us up. You would release pictures. You would release words. Lord, you would release answers to prayer. We pray these things, God, for your glory. That you would be glorified. That you would be lifted up. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.